listening to Wake Up and Read the Labels, your guide to eating simple and feeling good. If you want to eat clean and feel your best, guess what? You're in the right place. Each week, we talk about ingredients that may be holding you back from feeling your best. We also talk to some brands that are going against the grain and actually using real ingredients we can recognize. Plus, we're sharing stories with people who are just like you, who actually woke up and read the labels. Welcome to Wake Up and Read the Labels podcast, you guys. My name is Jen Smiley, and I'm so excited today to bring on a brand that is actually going against the grain and using real ingredients we can recognize. I am so excited to welcome David, the founder of Seggiano, that specializes in Italian foods, but it looks like they... uh, him and his wife. It's your wife, right, David? Yeah, my partner, Perry. I mean, okay. co-founders and very much curator of the brand. My partner, Perry, very much curator of the brand. I mean, I, we split tasks, so we share product development, but I step back, you know, when it comes to key ingredient decisions, I step back and uh, let her make those, those key decisions. Lovely. I always say behind every good man, there's a great woman. So it looks like you and Perry met in Roma's airport in 1985, discovered a common passion for holistic well-being, sustainable agriculture, and Italian food. Is that right? You want to tell me more? I guess so. I mean, that sounds sort of very clinical. Yeah, I mean, I think really it was just the love of Italy. But of course, if you love Italy, then, you know, you talk about Italian culture, you're talking about Italian food. So, yes, but love of Italy, rural Italy, always lived in rural agricultural societies, villages for the last 35, 40 years. Okay. And let's get down to kind of the basics. I feel like I, when I look at your products, there's one thing that is consistent in most of them, and that is your premium extra virgin olive oil. Would you agree? I'm happy to sort of take the conversation down that path. I mean, it's all about simple, clean ingredients. Okay. Olive oil is where we started because we own a farm in southern Tuscany, and that's where we started. We started producing oil from our own olive trees. We were asked by by neighboring farmers to help promote the local olive oil. The village is called Seggiano, and there's a particular olive variety which is unique to that village and that territory around Monte Amiata, which is an extinct volcano in, in southern Tuscany. Actually, the tallest mountain in Tuscany, at about 6,000 feet, surrounded by hot springs, but, but where this particular olive variety called the Olivastra Sejanese is cultivated, which was actually introduced by Benedictine monks in the Middle Ages who have found an olive variety in one of their monasteries actually on the coast of Dalmatia in Croatia, and thought growing in, well, quite high up above, above the coast, but in the mountains above the, above the coast, they found this very hardy, wild variety. And Sajano is on the side of Montagnata, as I said, and we're about 12, 1,500 feet up. And in those days, before climate change or whatever, the winters were much harsher and uh, nothing really grew up there. It was a, considered a, a very poor area. And the monks were responsible for the territory and bought this uh, olive variety from Croatia, from Dalmatia, 
and planted it there over a thousand years ago and it's still there it flourishes to this day and we have we've got about four or five of these absolutely magnificent trees some of which are literally over a thousand years old and this olivastra sejanese variety produces a, a delicate oil quite a sweet oil not a i mean people think about tuscany tuscan oil they think about bitter peppery quite intense oils similar to what you get down in Puglia, or whatever anyway strong oils which might be a little bit strong for for the north european palate certainly back in the day now there's a greater sort of understanding of olive oil and people are a bit more adventurous but when we started in the mid 90s this olive variety because it was delicate mm-hmm. was much more accessible to the english palate because you know, we started our business in england we're an english company even though we have a, a u.s company as well now Beautiful. I mean, that's so lovely to hear that because I know a lot of these big brands in the food industry space here in America don't have roots that go back to beautiful olive trees at a at a vintage setting and how you explained it. And so that goes to show the quality in your food. And so I appreciate that. And I know those listening, whether they do know about Seggiano or do not, that you guys really take pride in your food. So tell me what has inspired you to source these real ingredients? I mean, Italy, when you talk about Italian culture, a lot of Italian culture, obviously, is Italian food. And I've always thought of it a bit bit like this. You know, if you want to find a deep-rooted spiritual tradition that goes back thousands of years, you go to Tibet. You know, there's some countries that really specialize in what they do. And the Italians, they specialize in food. I mean, we work with about 40 of Italy's top artisan family food companies, often growing their own raw ingredients. But they will all be linked to their local university because it's all about growing it. But you need to, you know, it's linked to the universities on for, for these, for this deep understanding Absolutely. Makes sense. I know you said that you have products in Italy, correct? But as far as America's food industry goes, how do your products compare to other Italian foods out there, other pesto sauces, other balsamic vinegars, other pastas? Okay. So you're not really speaking to the right person here because um, I don't know too much about the American market. I know that we are best in category. I know that our tomatoes are grown in Italy. I know that our wheat is grown in Tuscany and is certified organic. So for us, it's 100% about provenance, and it always has been. You know, there are so many catchphrases now that you hear out there, natural, provenance, clean, organic, etc., etc. all very valid ways of considering food production. We've been doing it now for for 30 years. And there's an awful lot of greenwashing in the food industry, misappropriation of, of words. I'm sure that there's plenty of good food. Well, of course, there's plenty of good food in, in America on the shelves. We are yeah. best in category Italian food. So we are confident that there's no better pesto out there. There's no better pasta. There's no better pasta sauces. There's no better oil. 
but you know you might have a pasta sauce that you prefer the taste of that one to our one or you might you might have an olive oil which has a different taste profile which is on the shelf which works better for you so in terms of clean food we're not alone in the world thank god right Okay. Well, you can absolutely, I will attest to, you can taste such a difference between your products versus other ones out there. For example, I'm looking online, Seggiano's Fresh Basil Pesto, which is really good on- God bless that product. Right? You are not alone in the world. People come up to me in the street practically say, oh my God, I love that pesto. Oh my God, it's just the best. Yes. When I think of Seggiano, that's what I think of. So I know like you use your fresh olive oil, right? And then you have cashew nuts. It's not my olive oil. It's sourced. Um, This is a classic example of what makes good food good. Simple, as few ingredients as possible. Yep. And just as simple, I mean, yeah, it's extra virgin olive oil, it's pine nuts, it's cashew nuts, it's organically grown basil leaf and sea salt. It's five ingredients. It's not pasteurized. You're right. It is five ingredients. And I'm looking at another pesto right now on the market and its first ingredient is basil, but then it has soybean oil. They have extra virgin olive oil in it, but it's later on down. And so most people don't, they think they're being healthy. Maybe they're making, you know, a vegetarian dish or they're getting pesto pizza thinking they're being healthy because it's basil, but they don't realize that they're eating soybean oil in preservatives. The thing that you obviously know and what you're telling, one of the things I'm sure you're telling your the people who listen to you is about quidding. Quidding is is absolutely fundamental to reading labels. And for if there's anybody out there who doesn't know what quidding is, it's putting the ingredients in the correct order in terms of percentage in the product. Yep. So if you find sugar high up the list then you know that there's a hell of a lot of sugar. If you find sugar, hopefully you won't, but if you find a bit of sugar right down the bottom, okay, better than right up the top. Yep. So if you see soybean oil at the top and extra virgin olive oil at the bottom, they're essentially just throwing in extra virgin olive oil so they can put that on the front made with extra virgin olive oil. Exactly. Yep, so that it looks healthy. So I'm trying to make sure people do not get label fatigue and just look at the front and assume it's made with that. They have to know like which brands are actually ethical and using these real ingredients and standing behind it. And they're coming from a good source. So another one you had mentioned is the wheat you guys use. Do you know a good bit about that? The wheat you're using? I know quite a bit about wheat. Okay. Terry knows a lot more. Okay. And uh, we've got some interesting, she's written some interesting an interesting piece on wheat. And this gets back to the use of organic ingredients. Yeah. Because we try to be organic where where appropriate. And there will be times where providing you know the provenance and maybe maybe even for financial reasons or sourcing issues or etc., you can't be organic. For us as a business to be out there selling our products, we're not always a hundred percent organic. There are some ingredients that have to be organic, according to us. Okay. And one is wheat. Because of what they do to wheat, non-organic wheat, because of the pesticides and more than anything, the um, 
the insecticides because we all know about food moths that get into our flour, etc., etc. And industry is using some fairly noxious insecticides that they put, they mix in with the flour, never mind growing the wheat, they mix it in with the flour so that you don't get, you don't get flour moths. Yeah, wow. So, I mean, I'm sure you can understand this. We make food that we prepare to eat ourselves more than that, prepare to give our children, because I'll eat anything often. But my, what I give to my kids and your kids or whatever, that's a greater responsibility than what I decide to eat myself. So, yeah, I think that wheat has to be organic and the provenance is obviously, I'm talking about for pasta. And there's a lot of pasta grown in Ukraine even now getting across. You guys grow a lot of wheat. You don't have a very, okay, don't quote me on this because I've already said I'm not a great expert on yeah. on American production. That's okay. But I know that Canadian wheat and probably American wheat, they add maybe folic acid, I'm not sure what, but they add some vitamins to the flour, to the wheat, to get it up to the grade they need. Where we are in Tuscany, we have two wheat stories. Our traditional Tuscan organic wheat, a lot of it is grown by the family who make the pasta. And it comes from Val d'Orcia, which is a UNESCO world site in the valley of the Orcia River, which is just over inland from Monte Amiata, where Sejano is. And that's, they say that the wheat that fueled the Roman armies was grown in the Val d'Orcia. So it goes back a bit. Yeah. But we do another wheat, we do another pasta, which we've only been working with a company down on the slopes of Mount Etna in eastern Sicily. And they make some pasta for us, and that's on the shelf as well. In fact, just to sort of do a little bit of direct selling, if that's all right, we have a lot of pasta in Whole Food, both traditional and recently two pasta cuts with three more just about to be added in the next few months of this Sicilian ancient grain, no gluten index, whole grain Sicilian organic wheat. They mill it themselves and they mill the wheat and they make the pasta absolutely incredible low gluten index very interesting don't ask me to explain it but i think you yeah you get the idea so it's yeah so it's not for ce- it's not appropriate for celiacs as such but if you you know right. if you want a low gluten diet i mean we do gluten-free pasta but but you know if you don't want to be totally extreme but you want to you want to eat pasta enjoy it and this is a low gluten pasta um and these are ancient grains these are these are sicilian wheat varieties that have been around forever yeah which speaks volumes so i know here in america what's going on with our wheat most of our wheat flour is we're extracting all of the fiber and the good stuff out of it and then they're having to pump it yes like you said with the fortified vitamins which yeah Sure, as as a society, it can have its own argument. But well, it doesn't sound right, does it? Right. It doesn't. It's like so artificial, it's not even funny. Like get vitamins from your food, get good supplements, don't look and when you when you find a product that has wheat 
flour in it here in America, odds are it has the bad oils with it. It has preservatives. It has refined sweeteners because they have to make it taste good because they've removed everything from it. So it's a dead flour, essentially. It's dead food. And so I know personally speaking, I went to Greece last year for five weeks and I was eating all the bread, all the pasta, drinking wine every night. I mean, just eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert. And I'd wake up the next morning and my inflammation was at all time low. It was incredible. And it's just because you guys have different standards than us. Your food still is living you have better flowers, better oils. I mean, extra virgin olive oil is everywhere in Europe. And so we just, unfortunately, America has lost touch. You've got some good Californian oil. and We do. You've got good food over there. Of course you have. You've got, you've got great cheeses. You've got all these farmer's markets. Yes, that is if you make your own food. But when you go out to eat in America, there's like two mass suppliers And it's unfortunately, I mean, you just don't feel good. And that's why America is the most unhealthy it's ever been. A lot of our food is toxic. So also you said you have tomato sauce and tomatoes. A lot of our sauces we're finding on the shelf are made from GMO tomatoes. And if you read about GMOs, they disrupt your gut balance. These foods can just decrease your healthy bacteria And it can make you increase risk for, say, leaky gut and inflammation. So a lot of people wake up, especially our audience, they're women, they wake up, they feel bloated, they feel tired, they feel inflamed, their joints ache. These are all often indications that the food you're putting in your body may not be agreeing with you and understanding what you're buying and understanding how to find foods made with real ingredients is one way to take control of your health. Obviously, we've got a very strict non-GMO policy, you know, right the way to, uh, you know, lemon juice, citric. I mean, we're completely non-GMO, but I would say that um, Whole Foods, who is our main customer in the U.S., they've got a strict non-GMO policy. Mm -hmm. Which is good. We do need that. Yeah. I know that you all have like balsamic vinegars. I know you have pastas. I know you have pesto sauces. What are some other things you guys have? Uh, we've got honeys, we've got rice. Uh, I think we've got about, I mean, talk about a mad love affair with Italian food. We've got about 180 products now under our brand. Wow. And that is a lifetime of product development. But then, I mean, they're not all in the U.S. because, the, you know, the U.S., we've got to get it over to you, put it in a warehouse, work through a distributor. In the U.K., I've got a small premises in North London with some higgledy-piggledy warehouses and a little office, and that's where we do our pro dev as well. And we sell yeah, 180 products in the UK market, but we don't supply the supermarkets. I mean, we don't supply multi, you know, the, the big boys like, well, we do supply Whole Foods in the, in the UK as well, but they've only got a few stores. But most of our business in the UK are, are the, what you call mama and papa stores, the delicatessens, farm shops, feed halls, specialist butchers, cheese shops, etc. Okay. So what we do in the US is quite a pared down yeah. range. So we've just introduced four organic rices, an arborio, a carnaroli, a black neroni, and a wild red. We've got good range of our organic Tuscan pasta a good range just coming in now of our organic ancient grain, low gluten index, whole grain, Sicilian pasta. 
We've got a nice range of balsamics. We don't supply our oil at the moment. We did, but we lost our space on the shelf. We're trying to get that back with a high antioxidant version, which will be first to market. What else do we do? We do basil pesto, tomato and basil pesto. We're about to launch some sun-dried tomatoes, a couple of chops and a minced garlic, a tomato pizza topping. We had some gluten-free, failed with that. We had some very interesting range of semi-dried herbs, a completely new food concept. So it's not a dried herb and it's not a fresh herb, but it has the advantages of both. So you don't you open a jar and boom, there it is, that, that intense smell. Cool. You don't, and then you put it in the fridge and it's still there a, a year later. So that's something new that we launched, didn't quite get the marketing right, but you can find that in the UK. Oh, I tell you what, it's a great product over there, if you can afford it. We do these roast artichokes in extra virgin olive oil. Oh, yeah. Grilled roast artichokes, which are an absolute hero to die for product. They are. Our stuff is what you expect when you go to visit your granny in the countryside and walk down into her cellar and see what's gathering dust on the rickety old wooden shelf down there. They put this idea of putting vegetables, sot oil, under oil at harvest time for the coming year, obviously is key to many society, many rural societies and roast artichokes is one of the things that the Italians just do very, very well. And our roast artichokes are the best. The best. Well, I can tell you that your product here on the shelves in America, they set the bar high for all the others amongst them. I do hope companies emulate just like you're doing and everything you're packaging. I'm definitely a happier mom when I have it on the table, serving it to my family. And so I applaud you for the hard work you're doing to get these products on the shelf and help people. And for everybody listening, you can go check out Seggiano.com. You can also follow them on social media at Seggiano Foods. Is that right? I have to say I'm not a great expert on the social media side of our business. That's okay. I do see it's Seggiano Foods. That way you can see some of their products online and how they're being used. And otherwise, David, you've been a wealth of information, a little... Can I just mention one yeah. last product range that I didn't actually big up? And that's our pasta mm-hmm. sauces. We've got a basil tomato pasta sauce, all organic. We've got a basil tomato. We've got a marinara, which is garlic, basically garlic. We've got a puttanesca, which is capers and olives. We've got... Um, a melanzani eggplant, all with some all tomato base. We did have an arrabbiata. Whole Foods dropped it, but it's if you can find it in another store, it's as far as I'm concerned, it's the best arrabbiata out there. I really just don't know why they dropped it. But anyway, there's a great range of Italian pasta sauces made for us by a friend of ours down in uh, down in Sicily, near quite near Agrigento in southwest Italy, Sicily. Sicily. Okay. Well, I know what I'm going to the grocery to get right after we get off this call and what I'm cooking tonight, because after hearing you talk about the tomatoes and the artichokes and all that, I'm going to make sure I serve that to my family tonight. But okay. Thanks, David. Appreciate you. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Wake Up and Read the Labels. If you like this episode, guess what? We want you to share it. We'd love that. Share it with a friend and leave us a review. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you're listening to your podcast. For more information, visit us at wakeupandreadthelabels.com. Thank you.